those type of uh, conversations were super hard because you don't really know how to like handle that. No one prepares you for those type of conversations, like how to how to deal with things like that. And Mocha Mamas is a candid conversation led by two moms of color about race, culture, justice, and social change. We believe that there is power and value when a variety of voices come together to engage in this very important conversation. So no matter what your experience or background may be, there's a place for you at Mocha Mamas. All we ask is that you come ready to learn and that you are always respectful of others. We hope you're ready because the conversation starts now. Hello and welcome to Mocha Mamas. My name is Inez. I am your Mocha Mamas host. Our co-host Christy is not with us today. She will be out for several weeks as she's getting ready to welcome a new baby into her family. So she will be taking a maternity leave. Christy, we love you. We will miss you, but we're so excited for you and your family and we wish you all the best. I cannot wait to see pictures of her sweet little face. Today's episode is a little bit different. It's an interview that I had with a guest back in January, but this is the first opportunity that we've had to air this episode. I'm really excited about it. It's very different than our typical episodes. We're talking to a white school teacher who's going to be sharing her own personal experiences. She's not coming on as an expert in race or teaching children of diversity. She's coming on as a teacher who's very open about her own experience and the lack of resources that exist in the public school system. And I think it's so important that we hear this story and I'm so grateful that she decided to come on and was so willing to talk about her own experiences. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm really excited today to have a very special guest, Jennifer Purcell. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Getting ready for the school week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bit work. This is a Sunday night uh, for those of you listening. So I really appreciate you doing this with me. I know it's probably a, um, a busy time for you getting ready for the week. But I'm really excited to be talking to you today. And for those listening, Jennifer is a school teacher. She's a third grade school teacher. And we're going to talk today about the subject of really it's lack of diversity in, in the public school system. Um, 50% of the public school population is non-white. And that number is going up. And 80% of teachers are white. So that's a huge difference uh, with so much diversity amongst the, the students themselves. But to have 80% of teachers that are white um, is a pretty big difference. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I'm really excited, Jennifer, that you're willing to come on here and chat about this topic. If you don't mind, um, I'd love if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, where you're currently teaching at. Sure. Um, I'm currently teaching third grade in Otis Orchards, Washington. So that's um, 
Washington State, so we're like five hours east of Seattle. Okay. I before teaching here, I um, was teaching in New York City in the South Bronx. Uh, my husband's in the military, so uh, they moved us out here, and we've been here for about five years. So uh, when I was in New York, I taught fifth and fifth grade, and then I came here and I taught sixth grade and then third grade. Okay, awesome. So, um, so teaching in the Bronx. I imagine was that was that a diverse school or area that you were at? Yeah, so I taught in a charter school, and um, I was a minority in that school. Really, okay. Um, like student versus teachers. Um, and then when I went to the public school, it was the same thing. I was um, a minority there too, so it was different than um, kind of like what you would think. Normally, and then when I moved here, it was like the complete opposite. Uh, you know, there's very little diversity in Spokane, Washington. I mean, it's getting, it's becoming more diverse, which is awesome, but it's very, very slowly crawling. And so, at the at the school you're, or I'm sorry, at the school you were at, or the schools that you taught out in the Bronx, you said as far as the students go, it was very diverse. Was it the same amongst the teachers, or did you experience that? Like the statistics I talked about, did that seem about right, where there was still more white teachers than students? So, at the charter school, I would say there was probably more white teachers than than there were at the public school. So. It was um, kind of split at the public okay. school too, because we had there was a lot of we had like over a thousand students, so oh, wow. it was really split because there was so many uh, teachers that taught dual language classes. Okay, yeah. Okay, so before we go on um, any further, I realized I probably should have clarified uh, that you are that you are white, correct? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I thought <laughs> so. Um, I realized. Oh, maybe I should clarify that for those that are listening, and um, so that they understand. You know, that we're getting the your perspective as a white teacher, and I love that. Um, and so I, I think that sometimes you know we shy away from having these conversations for various reasons, uh, especially if you're talking about a lack lack of diversity. I think people would shy away from talking to a white person about that. So I love that you were so willing to jump on here and talk to us about it. For sure. So, it's, it's so true. Um, when I go to a lot of teaching meetings in Washington uh, state, they really try to focus on diversity because they know that there's really not a lot of diversity and it's mm -hmm. important to like focus on because when people start moving in from out of area, they want teachers to be prepared and like know what to do when you have students that don't speak English and um, are different ethnicities. Yeah. So have you ever, have you had that experience yourself where you've had a student that is maybe has the language barrier or cultural differences? Uh, have you, have you experienced that as a teacher? So um, I'm in Washington. I've had some, we have a lot of Marshallese students that come to Spokane and uh, when they come to Spokane, so there's like a huge community here and uh, when they come, they don't speak any English. So they're the things that they value towards education is so different from what we do. So 
you know, they kind of just show up whenever, whereas like our culture is like, you know, you're supposed to be at school at a certain time. And then, you know, they kind of just show up, you know, whenever during the day and (laughs) they don't speak any English. So it's like very difficult for us to communicate. I mean, most of the Marshallese students that I've had are really willing to like try to learn and like follow along with what they can. But, you know, that's kind of their culture that education is kind of on the the back burner. It's not really all that important. They're just there to be part of the community. So, um, you know, just having students that don't speak any English and like we're in New York, I can speak some Spanish and I can understand Mm -hmm. a lot of Spanish. Like I, uh, so when I had students that spoke pretty much only Spanish and no English, it was pretty easy for me to communicate with them. Like, you know, just word by word, but Marshallese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Marshallese is completely out of my realm. I didn't know what to do. Wow. Yeah, that would be a challenge for sure. And, and I think people also, I love that you talk about the cultural differences, because I think that sometimes we look at language and okay, they're not, they're not English speaking, or maybe their parents aren't English speaking, but to understand that with different races and ethnicities, there's a whole culture behind that. And so um, I love that you mentioned that and just understanding that the culture is, is different and how to, uh, how to effectively teach that uh, or teach students of different cultures. So I really love that you said that. Um, so are there any other, uh, I think that was a great example, personal example, but are there other challenges that you can think of that maybe other teachers have experienced or maybe that you've learned about in your, in, in different trainings that, uh, that a, a white teacher would face with teaching children of different ethnicities and cultures? Um, I know that when I was in New York, it was uh, super different because, you know, being a minority teacher there and all the students were either like Spanish or um, African-American and obviously I didn't like fit into that culture. And, you know, a lot of them thought that I couldn't speak Spanish, so which I really can't speak Spanish, but I can speak (laughs) enough that I can understand what they're saying. Yeah. Um, But it was kind of like, you know, they had there is this like barrier between building relationships with families because one, I don't speak their language and Mm -hmm. uh, two, they kind of, you know, associate, um, you know, the differences between me being the teacher and and them being the parent, um, you know, it's hard for them to feel like connected. And I tried to do as much as I could to, you know, kind of uh, try to understand their culture, but you know, where we were in the Bronx, it was like, um, it's kind of like a very low income area. So a lot of parents didn't even want to come into the school. So, uh, um, I definitely could see the difference, um, between myself and my co-teacher who was African-American, like they felt a little bit more connected to her, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, if I was grading their kid, their student harshly, they're like, oh, well, it's because you're you know, mm. just, you're a white teacher. And I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't really know if that's the case. You know, I'm kind of just grading off of standards. But um, so, you know, there's kind of some of um, those cultural barriers, too, that are, are coming into play. And I can definitely see, like, how, you know, parents can be really intimidating sometimes. So, um, 
yeah, you know, you're kind of want to be on their side, but also, you know, teach to what you know. And so, um, those type of, uh, conversations were super hard because you don't really know how to like handle that. No one prepares you for those type of conversations, like how to, how to deal with things like that. And, you know, how to deal with students who don't understand what you're saying. And, you know, those are a lot of things that you're not prepared for when you go to school to become a teacher. Right. They teach you in English and to teach in English. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So I had no clue how to handle these things. So, you know, thank God for, other teachers (laughs) yeah yeah and you know that's interesting that you brought up the point of perhaps being where the parent would think that you were grading too harshly um because I was reading and and I believe this was in the notes that I had sent to you but I was reading about how non-black teachers have significantly lower educational expectations for black students. So then, uh, then a black teacher would, uh, Mm -hmm. with the same students. So meaning a white teacher does not, according to this research and studies, a white teacher doesn't expect as much from a black student. um, than as a black teacher expects of that, that same student. And so I think that that's, really interesting and it's uh it's a it's an issue right because if you have and maybe you as a teacher I think you could probably articulate this better than than I can but in my mind I'm thinking you know if a teacher doesn't if a teacher doesn't expect much of a of a kid then they're not gonna they're not gonna meet that they're not they already have lower expectations then the kid isn't gonna meet if they even if they meet those expectations they're so low they're not going to thrive like another another student would right does that make sense oh yeah for sure I mean if you are holding them to a low expectation then you know you're not really doing them justice you're not helping them you know clear path to the next grade you know you're kind of just like oh yeah well they're only gonna you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do and then that's that's fine Whereas, like, maybe as another student, you're like, well, you should be able to, I don't know, count to 100 or divide by divide by tens, like, fluently. And another student, you know, well, that's all that they're able to do. They're only able to do, like, multiplying by ones. And that's okay because that's all they're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's uh, one thing I learned coming out to Washington from New York is that um, there's so many students that have trauma. And I think that that really uh, was a disadvantage for me in New York because one, I didn't know anything about trauma, like informed students and like how to handle students that had trauma situations in their life. I mean, like I had so many kids in New York that, you know, parents were in jail and like, you know, they, they were living, you know, walking through streets of um, drug dealers and like, you know, it's all traumatic experiences that like little third grade, fifth grade kids are going through, you know, yeah. they're so, um, and I was not alone in that. That was never even spoken about either public or charter school, like having wow. dealing with kids that have traumatic experiences. And that was exactly what we were dealing with, you know, kids that would act out because they don't know how to handle their emotions. And then like mm. teachers, like don't know how to handle it either because they don't know 
that there's such a, a thing like you know in Washington uh, we have like all these different tools that we can use like weighted blankets or like you know we have like conversations and we have social um, emotional learning lessons that I didn't have when I was in New York that I'm like wow I wish that I could have connected with those kids on they this really level need it over there yeah they really yeah. did that's oh, that's too bad um that because that, that makes me think of a of another part uh, studied of that same article that I was reading that then it talked about you know just talking about different disparities in education and so it talked about how black teachers or teachers of color are more are more likely to to teach in quote unquote urban um I don't love that word, but, you know, um, urban, more urban areas. But then those are also the areas that don't have the same, the adequate resources, right? So that's yes. exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, there, there were, and I believe you had said that earlier, there were more teachers of color there, but also they, you didn't have access to the same resources as a teacher. And so the, the article I was reading said, that what happens is the teachers of color, then they, they quit. They leave the profession because they're not. Yeah. Because it's awful. Like you don't have any control and like, you can't like connect to these kids because you don't have any tools to help them. And you're like alone, (laughs) like, unless, you know, between you and your teaching partner, like, you know, everything else is like, well, just deal with it in your classroom, just handle it in your classroom. And it's like, that's not really like an acceptable answer when you have kids that are violent or like, you know, when you're trying to teach them, like just how to be like a kid and, you know, um, just the difference. So the poverty level is the same in both where in the Bronx and in Spokane where I'm teaching. Okay. But, um, the amount of like teamwork between the staff is completely different. Like everyone is on the same page in Spokane and they're like, you know, have all these different tools. We have counselors we and we're utilizing them. So it's like, okay. you know, they, I've had uh, rough students in both schools and similar behaviors, similar lifestyles, but different ways of handling things because we were taught to it. So I think that's really where it comes into play. Like all these teachers that are in um, high poverty schools and urban areas that they just don't like have any, they don't have any like help. (laughs) Like the resources. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, we're failing these kids because we don't have anything to help us. And, you know, like you said, people are just, they just quit because like, they just can't, you know, it's a lot of kids that are just like, have so many things going on that it's it's just like stressful <laughs> like you're just like you know you can't handle all the different things that are going on at once without any help so yeah so uh, yeah it's kind of like okay this is just like so much it's not as simple obviously as like okay we need to recruit more teachers of color or you know like we need to I I think there's a I mean there is a level of that and again, going back to the expectations of students and, um, you know, that same study was saying that 
that a non-black teacher is about 30% less likely to expect that a student will complete a four-year college degree um, with a, you know, a, a student of color, which is yeah. crazy to me, right? So I think, you know, even if we say, okay, well, teachers, you know, raising the expectations and raising the bar and helping students to to having that expectation for them to go to college and, and all that. So even if that happened, right, and we got more uh, students of color that are going to college and graduating and becoming teachers themselves, then we still have the issue of the lack of resources in the schools that they're most likely going to go to, right? For sure. I mean, it just, so when I, first I taught in the charter school, and that was grades five through 12. And the really great part about a charter school is that, well, I don't know about other ones, but this one specifically helped seniors apply to colleges and help them like, they paid for like 10 applications and they like, it was like a huge deal. It's a huge deal to apply to school and to like oh. try to get to college. And this was 99% African-American and Spanish um, population and that was huge for them because one that costs a lot of money um, and you know it's like they're making it a big deal and that's what they need they need that emphasis to like say this is important this is important and right. we're, we're here and ba we're backing you then I went to the public school I was like oh, such a different atmosphere it was like you're just going to, like, survive through 10th grade and then, like, wow. you know, whatever happens, happens. Like, why Why is that our mindset that, that we're just, like, surviving through 10th grade right now? Like, why can't we be, like, the other school that I was just working at? It's, like, right down the road. I don't understand. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, a different mindset, and it's really, like, about, like, the whole atmosphere of the school. You know, you can just go down that rabbit path of, like, negativity and mm -hmm. like it just floats throughout the whole school whereas like you know when when a school is like well run has good support you know so many different things can happen like I don't know so it's it's so many different things to say like that the opportunities are absolutely less but they don't have to be because there's it just depends on how the school needs to go and like the people that want to be a part of it and like their attitude they want to have like just takes like one or two people to just change that around if you're anything like me you might find it a little discouraging or pretty discouraging to hear an amazing teacher like jen talk about the lack of resources and tools that exist for teachers especially teachers that are in the most diverse schools in the country but I love what Jen said. It only takes one or two people to make a change. If you're a teacher or if you're a mom, you can be the one that makes change. We can be the ones that make change.
Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Mocha Mamas. We really want to know what you have to say about this subject. So we invite you to join us and further the conversation in our Mocha Mamas Facebook group. You can also reach out to us on social media. We are Mocha Mamas Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you loved today's episode, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It helps us to get word out about the Mocha Mamas podcast. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to our next conversation with you.